Welcome to the Tree Leaf Zendo podcast. Tree Leaf is a Soto Zen Sangha available anytime, anywhere at treeleaf.org. Come sit with us. Well, good to uh, have you here today. We're going to continue looking at uh, Master Dogen's Genjo Koan, which was written, oh, 700 and some odd years ago. What I tell you is uh, one of the best compasses, compasses to give us good direction for living today, especially in this, this world that's so chaotic with all that's going on just this week in the news. Uh, there's so much wisdom here to live by. Now, one of the things that Master Dogen speaks about here is our sometimes too simple view of what enlightenment can be. By that, I mean that um, we have this view that when you have the enlightened mind, the mind of Zen, it's somehow totally clear, totally boundless. I sometimes say like the open sky. We use the symbol of the, the moon, perfectly round. It isn't, by the way, when you, you look up close, but from a distance, perfectly round, shining in the open sky. No boundaries, all the separate division and friction dropped away. Our mind in Zazen can be like this and should be like this very much when we're sitting Zazen as all the frictions and divisions drop away as we, we put aside the, the pondering of this and that and our strong emotions and just sit. And a, a feeling of spaciousness fills us. And something that's timeless, that has no borders like that, clear, bright, light. That's why the, the sky, the moon is such a beautiful symbol for that. The Enso, perfectly, that roundness. But Master Dogen is here to tell us that that's only part of the story. You need to bring that down to find it in all the broken pieces, the individual times and beings and moments of this world. You must find the, the boundless open sky that is there in this sometimes chaotic and often not so beautiful world too. And that's why last time we saw his speaking of the moon, that's not just up in the sky, in the boundless sky, but down in every wave on, on the sea and every dewdrop, uh, every puddle, every ripple can fully contain the moon held within. That's his way of, of getting this across, that all the, the separate things and beings and times, moments of this world fully contain this boundless, open, timeless, whatever. We don't even like to put a name on it because the name kind of limits it. This, this something, this, this suchness is found in all of it. 
And we're going to see that more today. He speaks of the sea, you know, the, the sea. If you go to certain places in the desert sometimes, um, on top of a mountain looking surrounded by clouds, these are all popular Zen images. If you're on top of a mountain surrounded by clouds, all you see is, you know, open sky in all directions. If you're, if you're in the ocean, sometimes in a boat, far out to sea, wherever you look is just the round sea. There's, it's, it's very strange. The, the horizon is in all directions, but the sky, the blue of the sky, the blue of the ocean is one. So we're going to see more of this today. This is very important. But he's going to then bring it down that it's not just that. You don't stop there. We say in Zen that's 80%. But don't forget the other 20. If you really want, if you really want to bring these teachings to life, you see. Now, just a little footnote before we get into this. Not just Dogen. But all the Zen teachers of the Japan and China that I can think of, generally, there are some exceptions you know, I'll mention, but generally convey this through beautiful images, nature images, mountains, the ocean, the sky. Zen gardens are beautiful places. Zen temples are beautiful places. Wouldn't it be true that this is not just found in every ripple on the ocean, but also in all the, the plastic we've tossed in the ocean too? The oil spill. Isn't the moon reflected just as beautifully on the ripples of the oil spill that we've put in the ocean? Or when we, when we have the mountain, you know, the beautiful mountain, how about the, the trash that we've left on the mountain? Like this, you, you get my point. Why are these images from the old Zen masters always so beautiful? I have a theory about this. Now, they're not always. If you look at uh, even Dogen, some of the, the harsh-talking Linji, they talk about uh, that you can, you can find this anywhere. The old, uh, pardon my French, the old shit stick, uh, that uh, the Zen sutras are bloody things like that. Sometimes they, they do put in these harsh images. But generally, these images of beauty, why do they do this? Here's my theory about it. Um, it has to do a lot with Japanese, Chinese, Korean artistic sensibilities. But I think it's natural to all of us. You see, I think in those days, even more than today, they truly lived in harsh and ugly worlds. I mean... Today, we've really separated ourselves, if you think about it, from, from death. We have sewer systems, you see, these things that, that carry the evil odors and, and things, you know, the unmentionables, all carried away. Shh, don't talk about that. In the old days, you opened your door and you just, you know, tossed it into the gutter. I've even been to places in the world this is still true. There is no getting away from it. If a dog dies in the street, it lies there. You don't have the, the city come like around here. And within two hours, boom, the truck comes and, oh, there was never a, a, a dead raccoon by the side of the road. It's all gone. Don't have to think about that anymore, let alone the human bodies. When I went to, to India, 
I was walking near the Taj Mahal. We took a shortcut. And there I came to the charnel ground. They were burning the bodies on the, uh, on the Ganges. I, or is it the Indus? Don't, please, I've got my Indian rivers temporarily. Uh, I believe it was the Ganges. But there they were burning bodies. And there were bodies lined up to be burned. And the smell, it was right there. And by the way, India is an environmental disaster. You could cut the air with a knife. I, I actually ended up in the hospital just by being there, even with wearing my, you know, this was before COVID, but I had my N95 mask and I went to India. Didn't work. I still ended up in the hospital because the air was so bad. And the Ganges is an environmental mess. I'm glad I'm not Hindu because I'm not getting in there to bathe, baby. <laughs> I'm telling you that. That's one reason to be Buddhist. So why don't we um, talk about that? And I really think that the reason was that because the harshness, the violence, you know, death, the ugly things were so close at hand, the Zen masters intentionally wanted to show something beautiful. We moved from that to try to get us in, their, in our hearts that there is beauty, and then we would move from there and see the beauty even in this world. I'm sure Master Dogen would say that the moon is reflected in the oil spill or the plastic or the, the bullet casings on the battlefield. Of course he would. But the sensibilities were to convey beauty through beauty. It's the same reason that I've done it before. I've put uh, old tin cans and even dirty baby diapers on our altar to make a point. I've done that in the past. Should have done it today. But we usually put flowers and beautiful works of art and nice, nice scented incense as opposed to the dirty diapers to convey this beauty, Zen is supposed to be beyond judgments, yes? But when you're beyond judgments, you do find a certain beauty that is present even in this so difficult, sometimes very ugly world. I've, I've spoken about that a few times the last few weeks. The beauty that is found in the chaos and the ugliness. And in order to convey that, generally Buddhist art, Buddhist sensibilities are about showing something beautiful, but the message, do not mistake it, is that the open, the light of the moon, the beauty, the Buddha is found in everything. Everything. Nothing escapes. So with that in mind, let's get, let's get a little bit into uh, today's uh, section. So when the Buddhist truth does not truly fill your whole body and mind, you think the situation is already enough and that you can stop. But when the Buddhist truth fills your body and mind, you understand that there is always something more. So you keep moving onward. There's a tendency in Buddha, Buddhism, in Zen, for people to have this experience of wholeness, completeness, everything drops away. You think, okay, I've got it now. Done that. Been there. And Dogen's message is, no, this is a living thing. 
This is a living thing. I like to say, if you see the Grand Canyon, you don't just stop at the Grand Canyon, then you have to return to life. The beauty of the Grand Canyon. By the way, if you, same thing. When you see a postcard of the Grand Canyon, they never show like, oh, here's the, the cheap souvenir stand by the Grand Canyon on your postcard. They want to show you the beauty of the Grand Canyon. They never show you, you know, oh, here's the, here's the, the uh, fast food joint next to the Grand Canyon. They show you the Grand Canyon. The thing, we love to see beauty to convey beauty, but the Buddhist Grand Canyon is truly everywhere. But when you see the Grand Canyon, you don't stop. We now need to bring this back to life and realize that it's a continuous thing, always developing. A dance, you know, I like to talk about dances. A dance does not stop when you hit a perfect step. You have to keep moving. And it's the next step and the next step. And the dance is the whole thing. And the next step and the next step is another opportunity to fall down, you see. You have to keep your applying this and your skill going. Uh, we have a window washer here. Yes, I, I'm sorry. I, I used. A, I'm sure there's a better term than window washer. A window cleaner. You'll tell me later what the good term is. But you don't just wash the window perfectly and you're done. You have to keep moving. The the, the beautiful clear glass of the window is always there. But the process of cleaning, cleaning is never done. We have a chemist uh, today, too. The entirety of the Buddha is found in every atom, every reaction, every molecule. But the reactions continue. And there's always a chance for a, a reaction that works as you wish or one that doesn't. But it's a continuing process, even though the Buddha is in every atom. So Dogen is trying to convey here that if you think that you've reached the end point where you can stop and it's already enough, you don't truly have the enlightenment that fills you completely in body and mind. It's when the Buddhist truth fills you in body and mind that you understand that there is always something more. There is always the next reaction. There is always the next step. So you keep moving onward. Now, for example, if someone sails in a boat, out to the middle of the ocean where no land is in sight and looks all around the ocean looks circular and empty and does not look to have other forms right you all got the image there's no land no even maybe the ocean is so flat even you don't see separate waves and even the sky and the, the, the waters merging, something like that he's going for. And we think this is enlightenment. But he says, but the ocean is truly not round or square. And its features are varied beyond count. The ocean takes all manner of shapes. When it comes to a certain coastline, it's the shape of that coastline. On a stormy day, it's a rough sea. On a clear day, it's a smooth sea. It's every wave. It's constantly changing. Its features are beyond count. It's all the fish of a million, million kinds of species in the ocean. It's the plastic too, I'm sorry to say. It is like a palace of endless rooms. It is like a jewel of countless facets. This universe is a jewel of countless facets. 
countless faces of a jewel, like a diamond that's not just eight facets or 20 facets. Facets upon facets, as complicated as this world is, with every grain of sand, every blade of grass, every bullet casing and piece of plastic too, unfortunately. It's a world that is that complicated and it is all the jewel uh, asterisk and you are a facet of this too. And every aspect of you is a facet within a facet of this same jewel. It is like a jewel of countless facets. It only looks circular and empty as far as seen by the eye at that time. All things of the world are like this. Now I've said that that includes the bullet casings and the oil spill and the plastic, but you know what I'm gonna say next? Oh yeah, that's Buddha, that's Buddha. Now clean up the damn oil spill. Don't do that again. Get the plastic out of the ocean and let's stop with the violence and the war. This is also how we imply, apply enlightenment, you see. Yes, every bit of dust is on the window. Clean the window. There's the famous po poem that uh, there's no place for there to be dust on a window. This is true. The dust is the clarity of the window. The dust is also precious. The dust is a, pre is a precious jewel, yet let's not have dirty windows or a dirty world or a violent world like this. This is all true, you see. The moon is reflected on the oil spill. Clean up the damn oil spill. It's reflected off the birds on the beach covered with oil. Damn sure it is. I think Dogen would say that. Let's not do that to our world. Like that. Both true. This is why our practice is called continuous. Continuous practice enlightenment. Next step by next step of the dance should be graceful. Yes, the whole thing, whether you, no matter how much we mess it up, even if the dancers get in violent fights on the stage, it's still the dance, but we don't want fighting dancers on the stage. It's the graceful dance continuing step by step. He continues, though the earthly world and the world beyond conditions, the earthly world is this world of chaos, this messy place with the oil spills and the wars and you and me, beautiful place too, Grand Canyon, lovely. But then the world beyond conditions, the world beyond separation, right? The open sky, the open ocean. Though the earthly world and the world beyond conditions have so many features, we can perceive and understand only as far as our eye can reach through practice. In order to grasp the real nature of countless things, you must know that the oceans and land have infinite varied features besides their appearance as round or square. Whole worlds are found all around. It is not so, it is so, sorry, it is so not only looking out to the periphery, but also directly under your feet and in every drop of water. Something like saying that if you look at the universe up in the sky with the, the web telescope, this is the universe, the, the whole, the boundless is there. If you're in the ocean looking out at the whole ocean, the boundless is there. But if you look in the single drop of water, the single grain of sand, 
the single bit of dust, it's also all in there. Everything the Webb telescope sees is in the grain of dust. It is the grain of dust. The, the whole universe is in the grain of dust as if it was all in there. <laughs> as if the grain of dust is the whole universe dusting. The whole universe is in a, is in a bird. The whole universe is in the bird flying. The Buddha is the, the flying bird like that. And you cannot and we should not believe we need to see all of it at once. You know, I, I even look at the Webb telescope and I can't still see everything. I can't see every grain of sand on every beach in the world. So know this, what's directly in front of you and in your life is also this. That's your part of the dance. Don't muck it up. Our, our window uh, engineer cannot clean every window in the world. He cleans the window in front of him. I cannot stop the war in the Middle East right now. I published a few couple of essays this week. They didn't listen to me. They're still fighting, apparently. Seems uh, can't even get people at my own house to listen to me, my own kids. So I'm used to it. But I try to take care of what's in front of me, too, because let me tell you, this is your portion of the dance. Make your portion of the world beautiful. Don't you cause any oil spills in your life or around you. You solve the wars in your life, even if you can't solve the big one across the other side of the planet. Take care of it. Everything's in there. Everything's in there. You're part of the dance. We are, all of us together, a dance ensemble, or to be fancy, a dance ensemble. How's my French? No? Okay. So we are all the dance ensemble together, but you, we're depending on you to take care of your part. Don't make up, mess up the dance. But I guarantee whatever you're dealing with, even in your own home, your own life, your own workplace is the whole universe. We could turn the web telescope around and just point it at you and it would still be looking at the universe. Oh, I like that. huh? You point the universe, the web telescope at the stars, it's looking at the universe, right? But you point the web telescope around and you have it looking at, I don't know, beyond, it's still looking at the universe, right? Or we go over there, right? It's looking at Onkai, still looking at the universe. No matter where you point the web telescope, it's still looking at the universe. All right, anyway, moving on. Now, this is the part where it says, if you're a fish, swim like a fish, you determine your life. The universe is coming alive as the fish and the birds. The universe is swimming with the fish swimming. The universe is birding or flying with the birds flying. How they fly brings the universe to life. Footnote, and the same for you. Uh, let's see. Who is my next victim? Seishin. You're the world doing you. Coming to life as you. I'm the universe jindoing. And if I mess it up, that's what I'm doing. And if I 
live with some grace and balance and wisdom, that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm bringing to the dance. So here's Master Dogen's famous way of expressing this with the birds and the fishes. Get this, dig this. A fish swims in its ocean, and no matter how far it swims, the waters without are without end. No matter where you go in your life, it's your life. You can't step out of it. It's like Peter. You ever, when you were a kid, you ever try to step away from your shadow? You know, okay, I'm going to get away from my shadow. Jump over here. There it is. It's still there, right? You cannot escape from your life. Right? Any the, the 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 flying bird cannot get out of the the boundless sky. The the flying bird is the boundless sky coming to life. The the fish swimming cannot get out of the water. I mean, it can for a minute, you know. And that's the end of the fish if it does it for too long. But the fish cannot really escape from the water. You see, the the boundless water. A bird flies through its sky, and no matter how far it flies, the sky is without end. At the same time, the fish and the bird have never left their water or their sky. When their need is large, their use will be large. In other words, the, the fish swims big, it's doing big swimming. The fish swims small, it's doing small swimming. You see, the swimming is just in this little place, or the swimming is all out here. Whatever the fish is doing, it's bringing the ocean to life. An ocean without fish, literally, or, or the other things, the coral, and the, would be a dead sea. There would be nothing. The life of the ocean is the life in the ocean. And it's not separate. The fish is not separate from the ocean. The coral is not separate from the ocean. The whales and the seaweed are not separate from the ocean. They are the ocean's living. Literally, the planet came to life as its life. The ocean came to life as sea life. The sea life is the ocean sprung to life. So when the fish does a big thing, it's the ocean doing a big thing. And when the, the ocean does a small thing, it does it through the little fish doing little things. And this is all true for you too. So when their need is large, their use will be large. When the need is small, their use is thus small. Thereby, each of them totally uses its full range in each moment. It's just doing what it's doing when it's doing it in each moment. And each of them wholly brings its realm to vibrant activity. It would be an empty sky without the, the birds. It would be an empty ocean without the ocean life. It would be an empty planet without you guys and all the other things. Yet, if the bird were to leave the air, it would die at once. If the fish were to, to depart from the water, it would die at once. Well, maybe not at once, but 10 minutes. Yeah. Thus, we can conclude that the water is life and the air is life. Bird is life. Fish is life. Also, life is the bird. Notice he flipped it. The bird is life. Life is the bird, right? You wouldn't have life without living things. You wouldn't have living things without life. The planet would be dead, dead, dead without all of it. You are the planet come to life. You are everything, everything come to life. 
You're bringing it to life, not just you, all of us, right? Life is the bird and life is the fish. In this same way, practice enlightenment is the expression of bounded and boundless life right here and now. Underline that, triple underline it. This is one of Master Dogen's central philosophies. The boundless sky, the boundless ocean, the wisdom of Buddha is coming to life with your hands and feet and eyes and, and ears and tongue. What you do, you're going to make oil spills or you're going to make beautiful scenes, the beautiful Zen garden. You're going to put baby diapers on the altar or flowers. It's all Buddha. You're going to pour, pour oil on the birds or clean them up. You're going to make peace or you're going to go, <sighs> breaks my heart, kill someone's children. It's all Buddha, I assure you. Master Dogen would say so. He lived in a world that was even more violent than, than the one we live in. I was reading about uh, England in, uh, what was it? Uh, famous uh, town, not Birmingham, seaport town yesterday, where they had, you think we have gun violence. They had gun violence in the UK in the 16th century, even more than we have today. Violence was true in Dogen's time. They used swords. They didn't use firearms back then so much. They didn't have them yet. They got them later. As soon as the Japanese got guns, by the way, they put their swords away. They started shooting each other. You know, it's much more efficient. Killing's about efficiency, you know. Right? But it's up to you. It's all Buddha. Every bullet fired is Buddha. The killer and the killed is Buddha. But are we going to live in a world of killing or a world of peace? It's up to you. Unfortunately, it's also up to the Palestinians and Israelis and the Ukrainians and the Russians and all of it. It's up to us how this dance goes. But Master Dogen is saying that it's all the planet come to life. It's all the world come to life. Let me just read that sentence again. In the same way, practice enlightenment is not some still place in the sky that you just get to. Oh, there's the sky. There's the open ocean. I'm done. No, it's what we do now. Let me read it again. In this same way, practice enlightenment is the expression of the boundless, the bounded and boundless life, the bounded and boundless life that is present right here and now. The division is the openness. The, this little beautiful, sometimes ugly world is the great beauty. This world of ignorant beings like you and me is the wisdom of Buddha, but we have to bring it to life. Let me, the last part. If a bird or fish attempts to fully explore the reaches of its field without swimming or flying in it, the bird, this bird or this fish will never find its way or place. In other words, if, you, if, you, if the world is frozen and you just sit there, there's no life. We got to move, baby. Life is about living. And to, you got to put this into practice. You, it's not a matter of you have a revelation, you just sit Zazen. If you sat Zazen 24 hours, seven days a week, 365 days a year, do you think that's enlightenment? Think about it. Let's say you got into some deep, deep, deep 
samadhi, and we hooked an IV up to you to take care of your body needs, put a diaper on you, I guess, for the other side, and we let you sit there. And there are practices like this, I guess, you know, some deep in the Himalayas, people do this, they sit for three months at a time, supposedly not moving. So you're sitting there, okay, and you're in some deep, deep, deep samadhi, right? Everything's dropped away. Oh, you're in real bliss, okay? If you ask me, you're a corpse, right? Our practice is to sit for a while, experience something, and then get up and get going and putting it into practice, you see. So that's why Master Dogen says, it will never find its way if it just sits there. But when we find our place where we are here and now, practice occurs that actualizes the universe. You are actualizing the universe. You are bringing the universe to life. Do you understand this? What a gift you have? You are the universe come to life in some way. Some mysterious way, we're not quite sure why, but my, my joke is, a guy came to me and said, what's the meaning of life? I don't know, I said, what your meaning of life is, but I'll tell you this. If you've been handed life for some reason, and apparently you have, here, pinch yourself. Anyone here not alive? Okay, the meaning of life is, is if you got this crazy life, live it and live it well. And that doesn't mean like live it up, baby, head to Miami Beach. That's not what I'm talking about. Live it with grace and balance and wisdom and love and peace. You've been handed this life for some crazy reason. Apparently, your job is to live it and not make a mess of it. But when we find our place where we are here and now, practice occurs that actualizes the universe. When we find our way in this moment, practice occurs that actualizes the universe. It's really not rocket science. Well, that's all I've got. Any questions about birds or fish? Thank you for joining us for the Tree Leaf Zendo podcast. Tree Leaf is an online practice place for people who cannot easily attend a Zen center due to health, location, work, childcare, or family needs. We provide netcast Zazen, retreats, discussion, Jukai, the support of fellow practitioners, interaction with a teacher, and all other activities of a Zen Buddhist Sangha, all fully online, accessible anytime, anywhere, without charge. Come build the future of online Zen community and practice.